welcome to the Brain People Podcast, a show where four mental health experts team up to bring you practical tools for overcoming mental health challenges. The Brain People don't replace your doctor or therapist, but we will give you some extra tools to help you on your journey. So join us as we fight mental illness, one episode at a time. Hey there, all you beautiful minds. This is the Brain People Podcast. My name is Jonathan Edens. I'm a psychiatric PA. And to my left, we have Dr. Katie. Hi there. Welcome. Uh, Today, we have a really exciting guest. We are talking with Mariola. She is one of our life and health coaches here at Beautiful Minds. Uh, She works very closely with us providers um, in various aftercare initiatives to support our patients uh, in moving from that survive to thrive model. So a little bit background on Mariola just before we jump into it. After 15 years of global marketing career and burnout, Mariola learned how crucial healthy living is for optimal well-being. Bringing this experience and training to the work she does here at Beautiful Minds as part of our mission, uh, which is to inspire and empower people to unlock their potential through excellence in holistic mental care. Mariola, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, happy to be here. So let's jump right into it to this topic for today. Today, we'll be talking about health coaching specifically. So Mariola, my first question to you is what exactly is health coaching? So health coaching is like giving legs to someone that is wanting to walk a different path towards getting healthier and living longer and stronger lives through health. Okay. And so how do you differentiate between health coaching and counseling? Well, there's many different angles of coaching. You can have health coaching, life coaching, but ultimately the difference between coaching and counseling is that it's focused on future forward action. So people that go with a counselor, they learn a lot about why they do what they do, a lot about their history, their background. But once they achieve that point of understanding, then they want to apply and and use those skills to build a future that looks very differently from where they come from. So that's where coaching comes in. I like the word their future because as a therapist, I think about bringing my patient or my client from past to present. So I like that imagery of then you come in and you really bring them from present to future and helping them with goals. So we we have this uh, motto, so to speak, here, Beautiful Minds, that we talk a lot about uh, this this concept of taking taking patients or clients um, in a position of barely surviving to and reviving them in a way uh, to thrive. And so um, from what I do, you know, as a psychiatric PA, there's probably a lot more focus on that surviving aspect as a lot of uh, clients or patients will come in in sort of crisis mode, and what the therapists do and, and the uh, and Mariola does as a life coach is going to address certain aspects of that. So I was wondering if uh, either one of you ladies could comment on those those other two aspects that I mentioned. Well, I think about reviving, right? So I guess in some of some of my patients or clients that they do come and they're barely surviving, um, and a lot of times it is thinking about medication. Uh, management of getting them stable enough to even engage in therapy, right? Because if they're not able to, then it's really difficult. So they can't be kind of trying, struggling so much with just surviving. So then it's really getting them from the surviving, reviving, and then hopefully thriving in life. So Mariola, could you comment on your model and how you get patients from that reviving stage or surviving stage to the thriving stage? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that when we talk about reviving, we have to always talk about the multi-dimensions of health. We're not just talking about the way we feel, the way we look, the way we think, but also what we believe, right? And many times what stands in the way for us in moving forward is just our thoughts, the stories we tell ourselves. So when we talk about moving forward, we really need to look at everything from the values, what people, you know, the why behind they do what they do. They want to change, but if there's not a why enough that supports that change, there's not going to be much um, progress, right? So we really need to tap into the different dimensions of health and really connect um, the values to the goals so that they can start making progress step by step. Everybody's in a different walk. So that's the beauty of coaching that, you know, who really gets to drive the car is the person. And we just go alongside them and ask the right questions and tap into um, understanding what drives their their motivation for them to start making the changes. That's another difference between counseling and coaching. Counseling, the driver of the car is the expert, is the, the mental health provider. But when it comes to coaching, the one that drives the car is them. And they're in this exploration route of what works, what doesn't work and what needs to change forward. I like that example. I really like analogies. I use them all the time in therapy and I use the driving analogy a lot um, just to help them understand that right now they're taking a lot of wrong turns, right? Maybe they've been listening to uh, some wrong directions from people and therapy is a lot about like just even having the basics of driving skills, knowing how to turn and how to even press the brake or know when to go and to slow down and the way that I think about health coaching and correct me if I'm wrong is really understanding and focusing a lot on the final destination, right? Understanding the why to live, the motivation to live, where do I want to actually go than just the basics of driving? Uh, one thing, one thing that I heard in what you said, Mariola, uh, uh, in addition to that, that aspect of knowing your why. And I think what I'm guessing is probably in a lot of your health co coaching sessions, um, you're really trying to drive that out of the patients. You're trying to help them gain some clarity on on making that connection. Uh, but it sounds like a certain level of motivation is really just a requirement um, in order to get any sort of, uh, you know, reasonable, reasonable uh, progress, you know, from the coaching sessions. So one thing that I wanted to get, gain some clarity from my own uh, knowledge is what type of clients, you know, what are certain characteristics or of clients that you're looking for aside from just, you know, being motivated, uh, that would really make them a good candidate for doing what you're doing with health coaching. Absolutely. Um, what I like to work on are those that have these three ingredients, and this is what I share with them. One, the willingness to do the work, you know, to really put effort in it. The other one is the willingness to let go of the past because we need to think of future. So if we live in the past, it's really hard to make that progress. And then the third one is keep showing up. We're building confidence. So people that have low levels of confidence, I really like to work with them because as we start making, you know, the goals and breaking them in digestible steps forward, and as they see they can do this, then the confidence increases with time. But if it's not important for them, that's where it's hard. We really need to make sure that they're ready in terms of how much they want to commit, because sometimes it's okay not to be ready. We may be interested in it, you know, and we're exploring, but once we're really re ready to put in, you know, some skin in the game, the way I call it, that's when we can make progress. I, I like those three things that you said. And just to, just to reiterate, you know, a, a quality 
uh, or I should say a client that's probably going to progress the most um, in these sessions will be those that are willing to work like over the past and to keep showing up. So commitment and consistency is is incredibly important. And and you know I hope that you know myself as as a PA and you know Doctor uh, Doctor Katie um, in working with clients is that we can get them to that point where they have those qualities so that it makes your job probably a little bit easier. Uh, so why don't you give me uh, a little bit of like a description when you're, when you do start working with a client, we've sort of emphasized, okay, what are the, what are maybe some of the goals and what are the qualities we're looking for? What are the actual steps that we take and to get them to help them achieve those goals? It all depends on where they are and what stage of their capacity they're in. But one of the things that I use a lot that has been a game changer in most of my clients is identifying the capacity versus their demands. A lot of the people that need help is because they're low in their capacity and have a lot of demands. And these demands can be internal and external. And most of the time I find it that it's internal. Is what the story, like what I was saying at the beginning, we tell ourselves or the lies, the cognitive distortions we live by. So the beauty of that is once we identify that um, we can control a lot of those demands in terms of delegating, practicing boundaries, or simply just changing that around, um, it gives us hope and ownership to really go into increasing our capacity. So um, identifying that as a first step is important for them to know where they are. Another thing is, you know, we talked about the why and the values, and many times we don't really know what drives us? A lot of our behavior is subconscious. So we really go into asking questions like, how do you feel your time? How do you um, spend your energy? What are the things you do? And we try to move them from the daily things they do without thinking about it into how does that translate into values such as relationships, financial independence, um, social costs, my career, right? And a lot of us have and are driven by these different values. We just organize them in a different hierarchy. And the problem is many times we compare ourselves with others that have a very different order of priorities. And we feel like, oh man, I'm not living up to that, right? But when we start identifying what are our top three values, for example, then we can really be faithful to that and then connect our goals to that and act from in the internal motivation rather than the external expectations in my world. And this is why we end up burning up. You know, I, I, I have an experience by myself, you know, 15 years of figuring out the formula for burnout until I saw that every little decision has an impact in my holistic health. So I have to be faithful, not in separating the areas of my life, but really um, every little thing I do thinking, how will this impact my overall health? And really understanding that we're interconnected is important as we establish the foundations in developing a plan forward. Okay. So in developing that plan, I'm guessing you guys uh, in your first couple sessions, try to gain a little bit of uh, clarity on how you're going to you know, pursue that process. And so what does what are some typical action steps or like homework that you might assign uh, to a client, you know, within those first few sessions to really get the ball ro rolling? Yeah, well, we have different assessments, you know, sometimes when we're just struggling, um, I, I, we have like this staircase that we talk about first taking care of your basic needs in terms of health. So if you're not sleeping well, if you're not eating well, if you're not drinking water, those things will impact in your mental capacity to connect the dots, to learn concepts, to apply these concepts, right? And eventually it will help you. It will affect you socially with your interactions and also with your purpose and your identity. So going back to the basic and just checking 
where are you with your health physically? So we have a lifestyle wheel to really have that assessment of where we are. Um, people that are, you know, doing a good job with their physical health, then we would go into exploring other assessments, like how's their thinking, you know, what are their values? And so it depends on where they are. And we do have tools to support them in their different angles or stages of health. I'm hearing a lot of this, you know, biopsychosocial spiritual model. I think that we all embrace and implement to some degree, uh, you know, in what each of us with different, uh, with different goals, so to speak, I guess, for our patients and clients. Um, but we all try to try to implement it to, to at least some degree. So I, I like that in the fact that you, I mean, to, to one, to one aspect, you know, a lot of the time that I spend with my patients is, is discussing medications. Right. Um, but you are essentially able to dedicate, you know, the bulk, if not all of your time, right. To that, that particular model. So in terms of a, you know, in terms of addressing like the holistic nature of health, um, I know you call it health co coaching, not mental health coaching. Right. And so it's not just about, uh, it's not, you know, primarily just about your mental health, even though that is a key component of what we're doing here. Um, there's more to it that, than that, right? So you've mentioned, you mentioned uh, sleep as being important. You also mentioned nutrition uh, as well. Um, were, there, were there any other aspects that you feel like are sort of key components to that holistic health coaching model that you wanted to address? Well, yeah, our acronym, the way we define um, lifestyle in Beautiful Minds is Choose Life. And it stands for one health principle. Each letter represents that. So I'm just going to outline it for you. So C stands for connection, H for hydration, O for optimism. The second O is oxygen, S for self-control. E for exercise, that would be choose. And then for life, we have um, light, which is um, the sun, right? And I is for internal clock. And that has to do with our sleep, our circadian rhythm, also taking a, a break, you know, once a week. F for food and E for environment, which is one of the most important ones because we cannot really um, have change happen unless we have the right environment. So we really go through each one of these letters and we work it with the doctors and with you providers to really know um, what the patient needs. And we incorporate that as part of their treatment plan. So if you didn't listen to our introductory podcast, we did go into the Choose Life acronym as well with uh, with a little bit more detail. But it's always really good to hear it over and over again because these principles are so time timely and timeless, I should say. Uh, and really, uh, we could all do a little bit better um, in a variety of those different individual topics. Uh, so with people that come to you, right, what about people that feel, you know, maybe they're, maybe they've had a, a big recovery in terms of some of their mental health symptoms, but they're still feeling a little overwhelmed with the whole process. Um, you know, is, is health coaching ever too much? Well, it depends on how you define health. You know, many people think that health is doing exercise every day and eating the right diet and drinking the amount of water. You know, for other people, health is just taking a break and resting. So it's just really defining that wellness vision for each person and working to, towards what they need. So there's no, not a true reference of what health is. The way I like to see it is just keeping a balance of those four pillars. And as long as we take care of that balance, the car will run. You know, it's like the four tires of, of the car. If there's a flat tire, the car will not run. So how do we maintain that balance? It's expressed very differently per individual. Well, I was just thinking you and I, Jonathan, we were actually having a conversation yesterday about 
nutrition and what you mentioned, Mariola, about having balance. And sometimes we can be so stressed about doing the right things that that stress is not healthy. And so kind of touching on the point of, you know, if it's too much, right, really finding balance. And I think that's a take home message for our listeners to find balance in life. I like what you said. One thing that I like to emphasize, and I, I mentioned this in a previous podcast, but that power of the tiny gains, right? The aggregation of marginal gains. Basically, if we commit to improving in these different aspects to a small degree, it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be major. But if you can start with one thing, 1% really, uh, and stack those things over time, that can really lead to a compounding effect. Um, whether it be in, in social interactions, whether it be in your nutrition, your, your exercise, right? What you tell yourself, those negative thoughts, um, all that stuff can really lead in the long term and in the short term to a really, uh, really more you know, self-fulfilling, enjoyable, happy life. If you want to only take one thing away from today's show, remember this. If mental health is a whole person problem, then it must have a whole person solution. I'm Jonathan. I'm Mariola. And I'm Dr. Katie Elson. And you've been listening to The, the Brain, Brain People, People Podcast. Podcast. To hear more episodes, find us on social media, or support us financially, visit thebrainpeoplepodcast.com. 